And now, you're welcome to the OMN NBA podcast. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way down to Inside, Tatum spins. Welcome, guys, back to another episode of the OMN NBA podcast. Of course, my name and will forever remain Derek. Uh, today, I have here one of the biggest 76ers fans in Ghana. Uh, he goes by the name Kwame Set, or you can call him Set. Uh, we'll be talking a yeah. lot more on particularly the trades that just happened with Terry Rozier moving all the way from Charlotte to Miami and also... The surprise that got everybody raising their eyebrows. Not really, though, for me. But anyways, you know, it's a surprise to find a head coach who is doing very great with the team and then come to find out that he's been sacked. So the Milwaukee Bucks fired Adrian Griffin as head coach with less than 40 games into the season. I should say 50 games. And it's quite surprising. But I mean, a lot of people are saying what needed to be done had to be done. So uh, for now, uh, I'll introduce Seth. Seth, what's up with you, man? How's it been? Uh, I've been good. I've been good. And just, you know, trying to survive in this economy. And that's all, you know. Yeah, I mean, listen, yeah, tell me about it. Tell me about it. Tell me about it, man. But anyways, uh, you're a 76ers fan. Let, let's start with your team. I mean, you said we have to talk about your guy. So tell me. Oh, yeah. What do you think about the Sixers team this time around? Because last season... We had the same thing. We had the Joel Embiid and James Harden connection. We all thought after beating uh, Celtics, I think you guys were in the 2-1 lead, right? Yeah, 2, yeah. I think it was um, 3-1 lead. Exactly. So we were all thinking, yeah. you know what? Joel Embiid and James Harden did something amazing. We all saw that James Harden, I think game five, where he went crazy. And then, you know, it, it went upside down and all that. But this time around, you guys are saying, Everything is gonna go your way because Joel Embiid just dropped seventy on Wembenyama's head. So, what are your thoughts yeah. on Joel Embiid yeah. this season, particularly because he's averaging more than thirty-five per game? Yeah, thirty-six. Actually, 30, okay, okay, keeping the facts right. Okay, so what's what? Yeah, what do you think about the Sixers? What what's new with the Sixers this season that you've been so excited, you've been so hyped about the fact that you guys are not going to choke this time around in the playoffs? So first of all, first of all, it has to do with Nick Nurse, man. The guy is a coach. I'm not going to lie to you. The guy is very like his high kill on the basketball is very high. And um, one thing you, you can notice about Joel and B per se is his positioning, right? Right now it's from like from straight from the key. He's giving you three points. And and I don't know, I think uh, one thing I praise um Nick Nurse about is from the key, Joel and B is hardly being double teamed unless he goes to the paint. So he has figured a way for him to be effective on that. And besides, I mean, the efficiency level of Joel Embiid this season is crazy, man. Like, I mean, he's averaging 36 on 30, I think 34 minutes per game. He has sat out, I mean, 14 games and uh, 14 games and uh, 14 quarters in the last um 20 games or 40 games. Yeah. He has sat out 14 fourth quarters. I mean, that's crazy. Like the efficiency. 
efficiency level is crazy. I mean, this is history in the making, but I mean, it's not LeBron James and stuff, so people don't want to talk about it. And you always bring about um, free throws, but still, it's part of the game. The guy is actually manipulating the game, and to me, it's, it's, it's good. But this is interesting. I think we need an extra man to go to the final. But with this team, with Joel and B playing at this level, we can get to the conference final. Easy, easy, easy. Yeah. So, and besides, um, so if uh, I'm getting you right, sorry, but if I'm getting you right, you think you're heads above all the teams like Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, I'm well, coming from okay, maybe I may be a success fan, so maybe people will say I'm delusional or something. But the the people, the players we acquire from the Clippers, right? The Nicholas Button and the Robert Covington, and even with Patrick Beverly. They understand their roles. Like even when you look at this, um, the game we, we recently played with the Spurs, right? They know what was going on. So they, every ball was going through Joel Embiid because he, he had a hot hand. You understand? Someone like Nicholas Bath, it doesn't like it's like PJ Tucker, right? He doesn't care if he makes two points or zero points. All he does is to rebound the ball and give it to Joel Embiid or Marvin. That's his role, and he does that. He doesn't um, be doesn't want to overshine. He know what his role is. You understand? Look at Patrick Be- and Beverly. He know what his role is. Maxi know what he has to do. See, to um, Tobias Harris has been great. Has been great from last season. Um, Dark Rivers, right? He used to um, uh, what's the name? Harris used to just be standing in the corner just to shoot threes. But now it's different. He's setting screens, um, starting from the key. Um, yeah, he sometimes sometimes in the games he he serves as a points guard. You know, most of the 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 what's the name? Most of the players have taken more responsibility, which is better. And I mean, Nickness, Nickness is the is the glue to all this. He's just genius, man. I I don't I've never seen this coach with this high high coach before. He's better than Doc Rivers, to my opinion, though. So yeah. <laughs> That's oh, that's, yeah. another, that's another argument we can find time for. But, I mean, we're looking at the Sixers, uh, third in the Eastern Conference, 29-13. Uh, yeah. We're on a currently uh, six-game winning streak, which is not that bad. But let's see. I mean, playoffs is, you know, it's not that far away. I mean, next month, next two and weeks. Is- even, even with this streak, I think at the beginning of the season, we had the hottest streak. I think we went for 15 games on beating or something like that. Yeah, so we've been like we have we've we've gotten about two like four streak this this season. So I mean I'm feeling good. I mean we have to. I feel we have to make another trade for one person, right? We just need a we there's a missing person. That's the whole thing. Maybe a, another big or something. But with this squad, conference final is like it's very very achievable. Like very very achievable. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Seth so is calling the conference final in January. Let's see how oh, it plays yeah. out in. April and May because you know that's when the action really really starts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Jojo the, the efficiency and production is crazy. So I mean, just based on that, I mean, yeah. Just based on that, you feel you're going all the way to the conference final. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's like, not, why would you not say you're going all the way to the finals itself? So you know, that's what I'm saying, right? You know, when post post season is is it's a different ball game, right? The offense is more about matchups, right? Um, the game slow down a bit, um, and that's when superstars shine. And we have enough to get to the conference final, but with the finals, I mean, 
let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. If we are looking at the Romero to make a trade, but until then, let's see how it goes. Yeah. What are your thoughts on uh, Patrick Beverly ever since he joined the team? Uh, he's supposed to be a defensive mastermind. Do you think he's really, really helped the team set up defensively? Listen, listen, listen. I think uh, you should be in the conversation for uh, most of the name, sixth man of the year. Because oh, okay. I'm not, yeah, no, listen, I'm not a big guy on the plus or minus, but like if you look at the numbers, like his plus or minus is very encouraging, you know. So for a sixth man of the year, like he has a case. Um, yeah, I know there's maybe normal power at Clippers or maybe Westbrook, but sixth man of the year, I think Patrick has to be in that conversation, and he has been great, even um, when Joel and uh, what was the name Maxi was out, I think he, he has given us about thirty points in a game before this season. And his defense, man, like the guy, like he he, he hunts he hunts players, man. <laughs> I mean, the guy just bring a whole energy, you know. He just bring the whole energy. See the Nuggets with what he did to um, Jerome Murray, right? After that, talking big that oh yes, yeah, he's always been locking him down since the beginning. So it's Patrick Beverly has been one key player. Patrick and Ubri, yeah, Kelly Ubri, they've been very good for us. Um, and our bench per se. And you know, that's the thing. Um, Nick Ness is actually he prioritized defense, right? Than offense, to in my opinion. Like we, we we could see what he did with the um the Raptors in their championship run. So me to, to me, Pat Beverly has to be in the six man conversation because it's plus or minus. It's, yeah, even though we can argue about he not be significant, but I think he has been very great to us. And the team is playing well too. So yeah. Okay. Uh so we'll move away from the Philadelphia 76ers and let's just yeah. look at some of the news that happened yesterday. I mean, Sinset is calling for his team to the to make it all the way to the conference finals. We live to see. I mean, we will come back to this particular episode in April, May to yeah. see if it really happened. And if not, well. We live to see another day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. So yesterday sure we had the we had the breaking news of Adrian Griffin, the Philadelphia, um, sorry, the Milwaukee Bucks head coach, uh, yeah. being fired. Now it came as a surprise to many, uh, considering the fact that the the Milwaukee Bucks, who were you know regular season, I mean season champions, I mean two three seasons ago, uh, they've gone through some quite a few number of changes. Uh, by trading for Damian Lillard and giving Drew Holiday away. And it, it didn't really go well last season with Chris Middleton sitting out almost entirely the whole season. But this current season, they are second in the East with a 30-13 record. Uh, they are currently 6-for-10 in their last... 6-for-4 in their last 10 games. Now, if you're sitting at the front office, or let's, let's not even talk about the front office. If you're looking at this from the outside looking in. Seth, do you yeah. see anything wrong with the Milwaukee Bucks for them to sack Adrian Griffin? Well, I mean, see, it's, the sacking is premature to me. It's very premature in the sense that he, yeah, they struggled uh, defensively. I think they are 20, 20 they, are, they rank 22nd or 23rd in the league. Yeah. But offensively, they are top five or uh, top five, if I'm not mistaken. So it's premature because it's a new team, you know, and this is a new team to him too. Like he came this season. If he was there, I think last year, last season, that would be reasonable. But it's a new team to him and um them. So the second is premature to me because they are trying to find their feet. 
you can you can actually see that when they are hot or when they figure the games out, in games where they figure the games out, they are actually good, you know. But with the defensive, uh, what's the name? Their defensive rating is very low. Uh, maybe it has to do with uh, them getting rid of Drew Holiday because them can guard like, I mean, you can't defend like Drew Holiday, you understand? Drew Holiday is like top two um, guards, um, defensive guards in the league. So it's very hard for them to replicate something like that. You understand? But offensively, they've been good. I think they are top four, um, top four, top three. I don't know yet. But it's premature to me. It's premature to me. But coming from there, I think um, I just I read it um, an article yesterday. Um, I think they I think Dame had the problem with the coaching stuff that um, he didn't know how to they didn't know how to figure how to use him. I think that's the main reason they sacked him. And I think with Dame's frustration, that's one thing I know. But maybe they have their their reason, but from the outside, man, it's very premature, very very premature. I mean, they should have given him to the end of the season. You know, but yeah. Okay, so you you feel by the end of the season they could have at least figured out what the issue is. But I think with the with the Bucks being, uh, you know, champions three seasons ago, and also the fact that you have an MVP caliber type of player in Giannis at the Kumpo, and also a player that's actually you know kind of like looking to make a move into the finals or at least win a ring now and never in Damian Lillard, I think waiting to the end of the season might feel a little bit of like a failure to them. And that's why they felt they need to take it action now. But the question is, who's coming in next and what difference does that make what the person has come to do uh, in terms of what Adrian Griffin did? Now, we had rumors that uh, 2008 NBA champion, 2008 uh, coach of Boston Celtics, that's Doc Rivers, yeah. who actually has coached a quite a number of teams. Actually, your former coach. Uh, My former coach, yeah. Yes, it's, it's, it's the lead candidate for the job right now. Do you think Doc Rivers is the man to change the fortune or the fate of the Milwaukee Bucks? Uh, well, I've, I've, I see, first off, I think Doc Rivers is like one of the best coach in the NBA. Like, is, like he really understands the game. No offense to me, but in clutch time, man, the guy has been feeling over and over and over. And I think uh, it's not going to do much from my perspective because uh, even that's why this whole thing comes back to, before I even tackle the Dog Rivers as, um, aspect, this whole thing comes back to the team gelling together. Like we all remember the Clippers, right? They lost this straight. Like they had to understand, make changes. You understand? For them to um, actually work together, so I think and these people have not lost that much, you know. If not that, I think that second in the second in the right, they're yeah, second in the east. Um, yes. Bucks, are Bucks second in the east. east. Yeah. Thirteen and thirteen. I mean, that's not bad. That's not bad enough. So, um, I don't know why they sad, but with Doc Rivers, man, listen, that guy, I, I, I know you know, I've, I've said this before. I think he's. Is um is is the main reason, not me, like maybe fifty percent to blame for our loss of Clippers because in uh, in games where our stars don't play, like Embiid or um, James Harden, right? The guy can draw a place and be like, damn, that's a coach, you know. But when the superstars are available, 
it's like he just leaves everything to them that, oh, give the ball to this, give the ball to this. You understand? Um, it go back to my um, position about like he not playing a lot of um, bench players. I don't know what his problem is. He just overused the starter, the staffers. Then maybe two players. He hardly you see um, what's the name? Paul Reed. Paul Reed actually uh, wanted to leave um, Sixers last season because of Doc Rivers, because he wasn't getting enough time. But the guy was balling based on numbers. You understand? His plus or minus was very high. Um, his efficiency was high. But this guy can bench this guy. Uh, Doc Rivers can bench this guy for about 15 games without even giving him one minute on the court. You understand? So he actually kills bench. To my opinion, he kills bench based on the times he had with the um, with the Philly um, with Philly last, last for two years. Yeah, he actually kills bench to me. And with uh, what's the name with backs? I don't know. <laughs> well, let's see how it goes because I don't coming postseason. I was actually okay, and from a contender from the East, right? I was actually afraid of Griffin being the coach than Doc Rivers, to be real. Because I know coming okay. postseason, he's going, he's going to fumble a lot. So, yeah. So, you feel Doc Rivers is a great coach, but in in dire times or in situations where you really need him the most is when he fumbles the bag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time, big time. And, I mean, from from not just from Philly. And you notice, right? Yes, I think for the past eight years, he has always been coaching the top five teams in the league, like you understand, whether being being Clippers, in being Philly. See the Clippers situation, the 2020 Clippers, bro. They were the favorites. Like, I don't know what happened to them. They were the favorite. Yeah, you can blame players, you can blame uh most the name, uh most the name, individual players fumbling, but mainly the coach that the coach is also part of the reason. You understand? And based on that, he has been fumbling a lot from the Clippers to Philly. Like, it's a track record. Yeah, as someone you say, as James would say, he's living off the one championship, which is understandable because he actually coached the hell out of that team. But yeah, for the past few years, he has fumbled in big time. In clutch moments, he has fumbled a lot. Well, he's not been hired yet. Really I mean, had... Officially, we, we're yet to hear any situation mm-hmm. happening in Milwaukee. That he's he's to be hired, but there's rumors going on that he. I mean, yeah. So I think he's he's yet to be hired as the coach. I mean, officially, there's not been an announcement by the Milwaukee Bucks that he's the head coach. Yet it's rumors of him being hired, him being confirmed, but we are yet to receive any official statement from Milwaukee Bucks. So for now, uh, assistant coach Joe Pranti will serve as the interim head coach. So we're still waiting for the official news. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, from sources, from rumors, I think he's the favorite, though. So exactly. that's why we assume. Yeah, he is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's a season coach. He's a season coach. No disrespect to him, but man, he has he has filled a lot, like in clash time, like in postseason, like with the Clippers, with Philly, like yeah. And you see, it's what's the name? And you realize when something that I think that's one thing. I don't like about Doug Rivers. When something works for him, he just utilizes it to the fullest. That's it. Like, um, see with Embiid last season with the pickpocket, uh, pickpocket passing from Harden, the pick and roll. That was his main thing. So when Embiid was, I mean, injured, it, I mean, if it's not broken, why fix it, right? Oh, but like you see, that's the thing. You have to be versatile. You have to be versatile. 
So you, you can actually, so last season, there wasn't enough play for Maxi. But we all know Maxi is an elite scorer. Exactly. We understand. There wasn't, there wasn't enough place for him. So you're just relying on Harden and, and B, unless they are injured. It's, it's crazy to me. You understand? Um, Tobias Harris had his lowest um, rating in scoring in defensive last season, which was bad. We all know Tobias, even though um, he's not an elite scorer, but he's 70, um, 17 points and his defensive always put him in the top players. But last season, it was bad. You understand? Yeah, but, well, it, it all boils down to coaching. To me, I think in class times, he has filled this a lot. So I don't think there's anything different from what the Bucks want from him. But let's see. You know, I'm, I might be wrong soon. Okay. All right. Let's move away from the Bucks situation and let's look at Terry Rosie and making a move from the Charlotte Hornets uh, formerly uh, Charlotte Bobcats, uh, mm-hmm. into a contender in the East of the Miami Heat, who were last season finalists, but this season not so yeah. much have been going well. I mean, for the Miami Heat, we always kind of look at them like not a regular season team, but then they quickly switch up during the playoffs. So now they All have right. a new look of Terry Rozier in addition to the team. So what are your thoughts on Terry Rozier handling into the Miami team? Because now the Miami looks like Terry Rozier there's Tyler Hero, there's Jimmy Butler, there's Jimmy Haskes Jr., who the rookie who's actually doing very well, and also Bam Adebayo, a very good uh, defensive player and also can give you 20 on the offensive end. Now, Terry Rozier is also actually averaging 23 points per game, six assists, and one steal, which is not that bad for a shooting guard. So, the Miami Heat is adding good scorers and then getting rid of, you know, someone who is not really going to be productive, even coming from the bench of Kyle Lowry. So what are your thoughts on Tal- uh, Terry Rozier in addition to the Miami Heat squad? Man, see, I think it's a great it's a great trade for the Miami Heat. I'm not going to lie to you. He's averaging the similar numbers to Dan uh, Leonard, if I'm not mistaken. He's averaging almost the same numbers with Dan so I think it's it's a great pickup for the Miami Heat. And besides, Kalari was like, I mean, that guy, I think he should retire though. I don't know why he keeps playing though. I think he should retire. I don't know because he has been averaging, is it 10 or 8? Yeah, for a starting point guard, man, for a top top club like Miami Heat, who needs, who is um, contending for a championship, I think he should retire. So it's a great pick for them. You say it's very and besides their team has been on a great form this season. As the Jamie um their small forward, Jamie Jamie Jr. or Jamie Jasker Jacques Jr. Man, he, he has been good. Ty Tyrero has been great for them. I think he's averaging 23. I know he's averaging above 20 this season. He has been good to them. I mean, four of the I think four of the um three of their players are averaging. Jimmy um Jimmy Bassa is also averaging over 20, Bam is averaging over 20, so I think it's a great, great pickup for them. And one thing I like about um, Terry is like he understands his role. Like, I love players like that. They understand what they bring. They don't try to overdo, you understand. He understands when the moment calls for him, you know what to do, you understand. He doesn't try to overstep. That's one thing I like about um, Terry, and it's going to be a great fit for them, man. It's going to be a great fit, because he's, he's it's it's an elite it's an elite shooter, it's an elite shooter. Like it's it's a problem. So I mean, I think it's a good uh, what's the name 
a good pickup for the Miami Heat. But I mean, Hornet, Charlotte Hornets, yeah, it's like he it was the name. It's like Asante Kotoko. I mean, they are just for the they are just for graphs. Yeah. Well, anyone that doesn't know Asante Kotoko, just Google them. They're one of the greatest football clubs in Africa, but lately it's been like uh I don't know, it's it's been a lot of mismanagement here and there, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Anyway, so yeah. you feel Terry Rozier to Miami is a great addition, it's a great pickup, right? It's a it's a great addition. And the, that's um, you know, Miami, they are no regular season team, as you said. So coming in the from the postseason, man, they are going to be dangerous. They are going to be dangerous. And with Tyra, he will play this in, in, in his current form, man, Charlie. He has been great. Yeah, he has been great for the Miami. Even in games where Jimmy Butler, even when Jimmy Jimmy was out, I think Tyra was the the highest scorer. So it's a great pickup for them. I mean, not someone who can just facilitate, but someone who can also shoot the ball. So I think Tyree is, is a good adult, adult to the Miami Heat. Okay. So also another uh, uh, trade that just that's, that's happened, not just happened, but quite happened was Pascal Siakam moving away from Toronto to Indiana Pacers and also the Indiana. Uh, no, Toronto Raptors receiving RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly now. OG Ananobi also making his way to New York. So I think this trade is kind of like working for all three teams and everybody's kind of like benefiting from that yeah. as well. Um, there's been rumors about Zach Levine wanted to leave the Chicago Bulls, but still not finding a, situ- uh, a suitable contender or a suitable team to land him yet. Where do you think Zach Levine should be playing aside the Chicago Bulls? Well, um, actually, I I was interested um with when when which um, when James Harden was leaving, right? I was actually interested if we could acquire him, yeah, because he's a great he's a great player, he's a top top ten looking that's a rich, but top twenty in the league before he got injured, right? So I wanted the sisters to go for him, but since he got injured, you know, right now, when we are getting close to the uh, All Star. What's that weekend? Um, teams actually are looking for players who complement them, not try and error. So it's increasing. Um, what's the name? Um, it's increasing expectation not being traded. I don't think he's going anywhere though. But right now, if I think is what's the name, I don't think any teams actually. I mean, you know, this this tracing, you might think they are not um, what's the name compatible until the the trade actually happens. Same with the James Harden trade. You understand you never know what you expect but i don't think he's getting traded because of the injury and since he's injuring he has not been himself he has not been himself at all so let, let's see where, where that goes but i want to touch on the what's the name the pieces trade yeah sure sure for sakam right? yes, i think he's yes yakam i mean i think that's a great pickup i mean uh, what's the name he's the He's leading um points for for bigs or, or whatever powerful whatever you call it in transition and Tyrese Tyrese is also leading like in assist um, he's leading yeah, the league in assist, assist yeah Halliburton so I mean yeah. yeah and also like in in transition you understand and Siakam is leading um what's the name he's leading he's leading the link in more points in transition so imagine. One has the ass one has the assist in transition and one has the points in transition. So what do you expect? Classic. 
I mean, it's a great pickup. Yeah. Now, yeah. Miles Turner, too, is actually very good defensively. And actually, I think he's top five in the yeah. league in blocks. You're right. You're right. And actually, uh, what's the name? How big? How big? Uh, what's in this guy? They have, uh, I think uh, most of them are actually shooting well, too. Most of the pieces are actually shooting well. So, it's, it's, it's a great pickup. It's a great pickup. Yeah, even though yeah, I don't see them winning everything, they can go to maybe the second round from my perspective. Yeah. Okay. So, guys, this has been the Women NBA podcast with myself, Derek, and my brother, Seth. Although, Seth, where are you now? Where, where are you currently? Currently, I'm in, I'm in Accra. Like, I'm awake at the moment. Oh, okay. Though. Okay. Yeah. That is also in Accra with me here. So, this has been the Women NBA podcast with myself, Derek, and my brother, Seth. Uh, we looked at the Milwaukee Bucks firing Adrian Griffin and looking for a replacement. We've looked at seven sisters who Seth feels they'll be making all the way to the conference finals. Why not the finals? We still don't know. And also, we look at a couple of trades that's mm-hmm. happening in the league. So, there'll be more trades happening. Uh, keep your eyes open on the Women NBA podcast page on Twitter, Instagram as well. My name is Derek. I did this with my brother Seth. We'll be back with more episodes of the Women NBA podcast. Stay tuned, stay blessed, and stay fresh. We're out.